Welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Vaughn. On today's show, it's just Connor and I. We do our basketball pod, but we start off in the World Cup. U.S.'s big, big, big win over Iran. One nil win. Christian Pulisic goal. We get into that. We talk about the World Cup for a minute. U.S.'s chances to make a deep run. And then we talk about the NBA, how these teams are starting to level out now, like the Jazz. They're now 12-9, and nine, looking at like the 8-9 seed in the conference. Uh, things are starting to normalize right now in the NBA. We talk about the Celtics, 17-4, and four, number one in the NBA right now. Pacers surprising run Tyrese Halliburton on fire right now. And then we also talk about some other NBA storylines. We get into college basketball. We do a lot on college basketball today. A lot about Duke, a lot about Carolina, talking about commentators, Bill Walton, my guy, Bill Walton, the GOAT. And then we also talk about Gonzaga, UVA. And at the end, do a quick little preview of the BYU-UVU game. I'll do another one next week. I'll write a blog on it. Make sure to check that out. I'll be at the game. And then also schedule coming up for the podcast. We're going to try and have Bo Essies on next week. We're going to do the regular football pod. And sometime in December when the bowl games get released, we're going to do a full bowl game show. We're going to go through all the bowl games really quickly. And it's just going to be a straight bowl game show. The football pods are going to turn into just a straight NFL podcast besides the bowl game. And then when the college football playoff rolls around, it's going to be a ton of fun. Make sure to subscribe. Keep up with it. And then we're going to get heavy into basketball. We're going to get a bunch of guests on, going to get some former players, NFL, NBA, coaches, you name it. We're going to have them on here as well, getting the guests back on here, doing interviews, doing what we do best here. And thank you again for listening. And don't forget, check out Boy 13 on Twitch. Uh, did an awesome tournament that we sponsored as well this week. Make sure to follow him. And we will have that uh, link of Twitch to follow him on Twitch in the episode description as well. Boy 13 make sure to follow him on Twitch as well. And thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. We're back. Happy! Th- I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. We're finally back with another episode. We're doing basketball today. Before we get into basketball, I want to apologize for the episodes being up late. It was a disastrous week for the recordings, the audio. Someone, I don't know what's going on with YouTube. The YouTube uploads have been terrible. Uh, apologize to everyone. Won't happen again. We're getting everything on on schedule. We're going to get everything on schedule. This week's a funky schedule. Wednesday, Thursday shows. Next week, we're going to be back to the Tuesday, Friday. We're doing interviews next week. Bo Estes should be coming on next week. We're getting the pods back. But before one, one, before we get into basketball, we got to talk about the World Cup. USA wins. Well, USA wins 1-0 today against Iran. Must win game. All we had to do was win the match and we're into the round of 16. We have a tough, tough matchup against the Netherlands, and you're like, what are you guys talking about? This is a basketball podcast. Why are you talking about the World Cup? We talked about the World Cup, but that audio file got, I don't know what happened, so that's getting fixed right now, too. I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping to get that file back. I want to post my takes from that pod. I had, We had some great takes. Luke Gray and I, great pod, at Luke Gray, 1997. Go follow him on Twitter. Great follow. Anyhow, the U.S. getting this win. I wrote a blog about it today on CarterCast.com. This is such a big win for so many reasons. One, and most importantly, it's a it's the youngest side in the World Cup, and them getting a winning in a must-win, grinded-out game. Mm-hmm. Pressure's on you. You're the favorite. It's time for you to win. For a young team like this, they pulled it off. It wasn't. It was not pretty. Twenty-five right. minutes of just. Clench your butt cheeks and let's go. It was terrible. 
but they pulled yep. it out. Huge, huge confidence booster. And that's why I think anything can happen in this Netherlands match in the round of 16. It was uh, pretty stressful for a soccer fan who watches soccer every four years. You know, I was, I was really, I was really into See, it. I think we need to start calling, you know, like the, like the people, like people who call themselves Christians, but only go to church for Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Oh we, yeah. This is what that's, we need a term for soccer fans like that. Cause like, it'll be like CEOs Christmas and Easter only for like Christians. <laughs> we need, we, we need a, we need a soccer thing for people who are like, yeah, I watch the world cup every four years. That's literally what I do. I'll turn on the World Cup, which every now and then, you know, if you give me Darwin Nunez two plus shots on goal, I'll flip it on at 11 a.m. Sure, I'll do that. No, the game today, though, the last 25 minutes, it felt like that we were going to concede 100%, thought it was going to be tied. And you said it, you called it, you were like, Iran will score on us, can't win one to nothing. I legitimately believe that too. And I feel like the way the last 20 minutes went, that's what it felt like. Craig Burhalter is I he just keeps getting away with it because his decision making is so bad. It's so bad. Like, how do you like one Gia Reyna, that whole saga? I don't know what's actually going on. Everyone's putting out weird rumors. Who knows yep. what's true, what's false, what's true and what's false. But Haji Wright over like Jesus Ferreira. Yeah. Haji Wright was Awful. Shaq Moore coming in over Yedlin oh. or Scally. Oh, awful, awful decision making. And the thing is, at least on the post game show, Clint Dempsey and them were were calling it like they saw it. They were like, "What does Ferrari have to do to get in the game?" And all this stuff. It, it was some weird decisions. I, I'm not a big, you know, you're way more into it than I am. I'm not read up on players and whatnot. Shaq Moore looked horrible when he came in. Looked like he was just his butthole was puckered for sure. You want to talk about fans' <laughs> buttholes being puckered? He was about to throw up. Haji Wright was weird up front. I didn't really enjoy that. Christian Pulisic, though, came through, came through for the country, for my wallet, destroyed the sports books of America today. I yeah, mean, screw it, the sports books. Yeah, good. You can't ask for anything more. Actually, while we're on soccer, is that why U.S. Moneyline on Saturday is what? Plus 175? It got moved. It got, it, it got moved. Uh, it's now USA Moneyline is plus 350. Netherlands oh is minus 110. That's what I thought it was going to be. Okay, that sounds right. Yeah. And I, I love the Netherlands. Yeah, I, I, that's some pretty good value. I don't think cuz this is this is a this is a dumb question. This is the round of 16, right? So they'll go to yeah. PKs and stuff to move on. They'll okay. go to PKs and everything. If it's tied and it goes to extra times or PKs, the US will poop themselves. No, they this midfield it will just get too tired. Weston McKinney's not 100% fit. No. Nope. Uh Musa Shout out to shout out to Yanis Musa. Uh, he's the he's been the best player on this. Him and Tyler Adams have just been unbelievable on this US team. Robinson's been pretty good too. He co- he covers that sideline pretty well. He has but the his touch touches. of a donkey. Yeah, his, his, t- his touch is terrible. But anyhow, Tyler Adams and Musa is gonna is about to get a big money deal from someone. Yeah. These European clubs are gonna be putting in big offers for him right now. Uh it was his 20th he, birthday today. He's only 20 he, years old. He's about he's one of those guys of like a Gokbo for the, the Netherlands and then Musa for the United States. They're about to get some big fat World Cup money transfer moves. Um, but real quick on the USA Netherlands game, I, I think the Netherlands does pull it off. I think we're gonna struggle against a back five with Virgil van Dyke, uh, and midfield with Frankie de Jong and Agakbo's playing out of his mind, but they are a beatable Netherlands side, no doubt about it. The Netherlands didn't even look convincing against Qatar today. 
They didn't look convincing in any of their other games. They're a pretty boring side. It's kind of similar to what we saw against England. I think it's that it's going to be very similar to the England game, which we should have won. I think, and this U S team doesn't look afraid of anybody. And I know in my article and everyone goes after Burhalter his decision-making and he's a terrible manager. That may be true. I'm not discounting that. He's a lot like Jason Garrett to me, but what you have to say though, is they're winning games. He's they are. It's not pretty, but they're getting through. I, I, but the problem is it feels like these guys could be put in better positions to win instead of putting better positions to succeed more rather than having to grind out these one nil victories rather than, Hey, we clearly don't have a good out and out striker. Let's put a Christian Pulisic or Gio Reyna in a false nine, whatever you're, you're listening to this for basketball. You don't want to hear soccer formations. There's your soccer minute. There's your soccer. What? Five last, last minutes. thing. Argent, we're recording on Tuesday night. Argentina better win tomorrow. Argentina better win. I don't want to watch this world cup without Lionel Messi. No, that would be so dope to see Messi make a run. That'd be so dope. Um, I'm looking, and then we're only going to really talk about the U.S. real quick. There is a real, real path. You think so? Dare I say to the semifinals, finals? Real no, path. you can't. You can't. You can't believe that. Okay, hear me out. USA beats Netherlands and PKs. You know, gets lucky against the Netherlands. Yep. I think that's conceivable. They're a beatable side. They're a lot like England. I think they're just a less talented version of what England does. Okay. All right. We're in the quarter. Okay, you sold right? me. You sold me. Yep. All right. So then we play top of group C and second in group D. Group D, the two seeds either going to be Denmark or Australia. Definitely could win those games. Right. The one in group C could very easily be Poland. And That's a winnable Poland's, game. And Poland is not a good side. If that's a Poland and Argentina draw tomorrow, Poland's top of that group. It would be Poland versus Australia or Denmark. We'd probably win those games. We'd probably be favored in those games. And, and then, then we're in the semis. And then if we win that game, we're in the semifinals. Oh, against Argentina? Uh, could, no, if Argentina, Argentina has a chance to be the quarterfinal matchup, just depending mm. on how things go tomorrow, but okay. uh, it could also be Portugal. It could be, it could be a number of sides, but semifinals. I mean, if we make the quarterfinals, it's a very, very successful World Cup, in my opinion. Oh yeah, I think so too. And, and just making it out of the group stage, obviously we want more, but just even with the you know not the very difficult group on paper, making it out was huge. Absolutely, you just got to get out. That's all you got to do. Get out of the right. World Cup. Get out of the group stage. Uh, enough on the World Cup. We'll do more next week. I'll probably do a quick World Cup pod, like a 15-20 minute pod, but let's move on. It's time to talk basketball. Let's start off with the NBA. Uh, we usually start off our NBA pods talking about the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are not going to be started off this week, kind of, but in a negative light. They're in the back burner. They're in the back a burner. Lo- a lot of what we're seeing in the NBA right now, besides like one or two outliers like the Pacers and the Trailblazers, it's all kind of leveling out now. Like we we were kind of deceived. We started buying into the jazz that this thing's probably legit. It's mm-hmm. all kind of coming together. You see the jazz each day, like every two days you see them drop, a, drop, drop, drop on the stage. Right. I feel like uh, the 20 to 25 game mark is really the, really the telltale sign. Cause if you start judging teams, 10 games into the season, there's going to be some fluky stuff. Teams can get hot injuries, whatever it may be. 20, 25 games is about that mark where it's like, okay, this team I could really be for real about. On the Jazz, they started off 10-3 and three in their first 13 games. They are now 2-8 and eight in their last 10. 
So clearly some of the shine is wearing off there. Um, I don't even think, Carter, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even know if they'll be in the play-in tournament. I think they could sneak in as a 9-10 seed, like maybe, but I could easily see them falling to that 11-12 range. If the Lakers like really end up being disastrous, I see I could see them sneaking. I don't know. I, I don't think really so. don't see them sneaking in because you're looking at it right now. Obviously, you've got your teams that are solidified up there, like the Suns, the Nuggets, the Pelicans, Grizzlies, Clippers. And I think the Warriors are all kind of solidified as a top six. Maybe mm-hmm. interchange a couple here and there. Uh Timberwolves, Mavs aren't gonna fall out of a play-in spot. Um, the, I don't think the Kings are. I think the Kings are. We we've been high on the Kings before. I think a lot mm-hmm. of NBA people were. Uh, I think the Kings are legit. The Trailblazers, that's where you see someone falling out. I think the Kings and the Blazers will finish above the Utah Jazz, and so that's ten teams right there. I even think the Lakers figure it out and get above them. So that's why I can see the Jazz at even the twelve spot after their blistering start. That wouldn't shock me at all. And I do think the Lakers figure it out a little bit. Anthony Davis is playing pretty well. That was a monumental collapse last night against uh, the Pacers, but I can see them jumping the Jazz for sure. I'm out here sweating a uh, Bellarmine plus 25 and a half against Kentucky. It was 38-58, 20-point game. Bellarmine with the ball with a minute left. Bellarmine with a huge three to make it a 17-point game. Oh, my gosh. That, they were tied with 12 minutes left. I can't believe you have to sweat that. Tied with 12 minutes left. I know. I know. They had the lead. They had the lead with Brutal. 13 minutes left. Let's go. That's that should be the cover right there. Let's go. Very nice. You're back. Oh no, no, no. This is gonna be terrible podcasting, but I'm leaving it in here. Oh my gosh, no, Kentucky. (laughs) Where else do you get the live sweat on a small D1 basketball team? Don't don't do this to me, Kentucky. Chill out. Bellarmine, my sweet, sweet Bellarmine. Don't come on. Just get a stop. Okay, we're fine. There we go. Nice, 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 nice. Live Um, win. Live live dub right there. We're back. We were in a crazy cold stretch. Yeah. That I, that I, week. Yeah. That, that week of Thanksgiving was tough. That was rough. I don't know. The NFL bailed me out, and the World Cup yep. today really, really bailed me out. NFL's been bailing us out, but that's a We have sad. been on fire in the NFL. We don't have to go into it. We have been on fire. We'll do that tomorrow night when we record the NFL pod. But back to these teams leveling out. Uh, like, the Clippers, they're not bad. Like, they're hanging in there. Uh, the Mavs, oh. they're a little disappointing. They're 9 and 10. I think they'll make their way back up. How about the Clippers? How about Zubas putting up 31 29? That is insane. That that was one of the stats because, like, you're watching like ESPN or something, and then all of a sudden you see the score bug. You're like, Zubas is 23 and 21 in the third. Yeah. Like, that, that was insane. They, that was a typo. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of like a people were saying like Kevin Lovell and the Wolves. Yeah, but he was an all star. This kind of reminds me more of like a like a Timothy Mozgov on the Cavs putting up like 25 and 20 or something like that. <laughs> like that's like kind of the same vibe I'm getting. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's 100% <laughs> fair. Um oh, but yeah, like the, the Jazz like I hate to say it, the Jazz are done. I think they are too cuz eventually the, the cream just rises to the top. Teams figure it out. 20 games in, they mesh with each other. All the off-season additions kind of gelling together or not in the case of the Timberwolves, we can get into that later. But it's kind of where you see the team start evening out. And we did call this. It came a little later than expected. They're still a fun team to watch. I bought in, though. I changed my take. I bought in. I thought the Jazz – I fully thought the Jazz were, well, this is it. This is just who they are. They're going to be was, a 500 team. I was at a blinking yellow light. I was at the caution light. I was slowing down. I was I was turning my head a little bit. But I, I wasn't fully bought in yet. But they they went from 12-6 and six to 12-11 and 11 very fast. 
yeah, it's almost like you didn't you don't watch the NBA for a week. Like during Thanksgiving week, I wasn't huge in the NBA. I turn around, they're what are they ninth in the standings already? They were first last week. It was impossible to be big into the NBA during Thanksgiving week. I mean, what yeah. well, just the most absurd Thanksgiving sports week ever. I think I just I mean, I just had a headache on Saturday. Just I after couldn't keep everything. up with it all. I could not keep up with it all. I I literally, I like literally, I went to the bathroom and just stood there and I was like, like during the day of the Carolina football game and then the basketball lost. And I was just like, I just need a minute. I just need to cool off because I was heated. We can get into this later too. I was heated. And I just had to cool off for a second. I ate a big plate, leftovers that day. Oh, oh. I was sweating. Um, one team I did want to talk about, are the Miami Heat going to be a playing team? I think so. Jimmy Butler can't stay on the court right now. Kyle Lowry is once again declining. Bam's playing pretty well. Tyler Hero, I don't think, was deserving of that huge contract. I mean, they're they're literally running out there like eight, nine guys a night just because of injuries right now. You have Orlando Robinson, Haywood Highsmith, like the, uh, Drew Smith playing rotational minutes. Those are borderline G League guys. So, like, if they can't get healthy, they don't really have any depth. They got Dwayne Devin as a backup big. They're in a very, very – they're almost in a worse spot than a lot of teams in the NBA. Yes, so they have too. a lot of – they have a decent amount of their picks. They didn't go crazy giving up their picks yet. But they're – it's just – like, they're going to have to rebuild eventually. And I think a lot quicker than they realize. I think so, too. Because Jimmy Butler can only take you so far. And that finals run might have been their ceiling. Honest to God, that bubble finals run, I think, was their ceiling. But one team I did really want to talk about, they're the number one team in the NBA right now. They're balling. They are. They haven't skipped a beat since the last January, really. Uh, yeah. The Celtics are 17-4, top of the East, top of the NBA. They're on fire. They can't be stopped right now. They're playing such good basketball, great defense. And Jason Tatum, I mean, he's not – probably, he probably won't win the MVP just because how crazy Luke and Steph has been. But right. – He's putting up an MVP-like season. Well, they mollywopped the Hornets last night. And for anybody who laid eyes on that game, I am so sorry. Because <laughs> I can only imagine. I, that's you're any out, Hornets game now. You're running out Teo Maladon at starting point guard, which he's been decent this year. But come on. Like, really? Charlotte, really? But, yeah, on the Celtics, best offense in the league by far. They have the best, I think they arguably have the best bench in the league, too. If you're trotting out Malcolm Brogdon, Grant Williams off the bench, that is a really good team. That's a really good team right there. I just would with guys like Gallinari hurt. Exactly. And I don't know if he'll, I don't think he'll be back this year because mm. he tore in the summer. So I doubt he he comes back this year. But like with their depth, I could see them beating the Bucks in a seven game series. I can see them beating the Cavs in a seven game series. I, I really can. So like them returning to the finals is is not that far of a reach like we thought it was beginning of the year. Cause this this year, Jason Tatum's averaging 31 points, 48% from the field, eight rebounds, and four and a half assists. And one block and one steal a game. It's pretty good. I just, I don't know. The depth they have, Jalen Brown's playing at a high level. Al Horford still somehow, at age 55, Al Horford's still putting up numbers for them. <laughs> that is one thing that they're going to have to be careful of is come playoff time. Because it seemed like last year in spurts, he got a little worn down. Some of the veterans did for them. So if they want to make another huge run, they do need to kind of conserve his minutes a little bit near the end of the year. But 17-4 uh, so far, I got to say. Excuse me. I got to say, they've uh, they started strong. We thought there'd be a little championship hangover, but there wasn't. No, not at all. And I like you. I I just assumed that the Udoka stuff would be influenced on them. Yep. No, they haven't and skipped. A beat. I don't. 
I don't know what that says about like whether like Missoula is just a great coach or whether Udoka just had this lined up. Brad Stevens, what are his handprints on everything? It's kind of interesting be- to look at it, like who gets the credit, who gets the blame here, kind of thing. I think it would be shown more. The effects would be shown more on a worse team. This team is battle tested. Basically, this same roster just went to the finals. They already had it figured out for the most part. I think we can also go back to a point we've talked about before on here. How much do NBA coaches really matter? Like we know Steve Kerr and these yep. guys, like they do matter a lot, just controlling the locker room, managing these players' egos. But for a team like the Celtics, how much is Joe Missoula really doing? Because I feel like they already have it figured out. They've got the MVP level guys. Like, how much is he really doing? I let's bring up a uh, like a hypothetical then. Okay. Do you think you do as good as Steve Nash did in Brooklyn? Yes. Yes. I, I don't think it's much worse because let's be honest, he had no control over that locker room. Durant, Kyrie, they were doing what they wanted. Harden, when he was there, they were making all the decisions. They were deciding. They pretty much decided who got fired and whatnot. They were controlling the offense. They were making all the decisions. The only thing Steve Nash really did was probably make a rotation, and even that was probably heavily influenced. Durant saying, hey, I want this guy in more. This guy's playing well. Let's run this guy more. Like, I know a lot of it was probably Steve Nash's decisions, but deep down, if I had some good counsel with a team like that, I don't think I could do much worse. Yeah, it's interesting. I think coaching, I think coaching is crucial in the NBA, but I think it's crucial in a different way. Because yeah. in college, X's and it's more about X's and O's. And in the NBA, it's just, hey, like just managing these guys' egos as as crazy as that is to say. Like these guys yeah. are so good. And it's just making sure they buy into their roles kind of thing. Like, and, and talent usually rises. Talent usually rises to the top, like we've seen. So a team like Brooklyn underachieving like that. Now, don't clip that off and be like, oh, Connor says you'd be better coach than Steve Nash. No, I would lose the locker room and I'd probably get fired in 10 games. But you think you can make it 10? I don't even know if I can make it 10, honestly. I feel like Durant, <laughs> would, go, Durant would go straight to Joe Sign and be like, get this idiot out of here. Um, <laughs> I don't know, though. It, it just really begs the question, in the case of the Celtics, a team that's already established, they keep the same roster, there's no overhaul, coming off a deep, deep playoff run in the finals. I think no matter what they were going to, they were going to have a good year this year. Yeah, I was wrong on them. I think, I mean, they're going to, I think they're going to clear their win total. No problem. Even with injuries. I mean, there's inevitably going to be someone out for a week or two, whatever. Right. I don't think they, they have depth. They have real they depth and they play hard every single night. They're a hard team to play in Boston every single time uh, as the Hornets saw. So, yep. I mean, they're, they're they're good. There's not much more you can say. They're prob- There's a reason that the sports books had them as odds-on favorite to win the title. But uh, another team that's shocking everyone, they're the one outlier that hasn't leveled out really is the yep. Indiana Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton, clear-cut all-star. The thing is, Kali, you look back at that Halliburton trade for Sabonis, and you're like, the Kings got fleeced, which in, in reality probably did. But it's kind of worked out for both sides, if we're being honest. Like the Kings, mm-hmm. obviously having Tyrese Halbert was a luxury, and I'm not saying they didn't need him, but what they needed more was a big man, a starting dominant big man who can cl- crash the boards. Rashawn Holmes wasn't getting it done. They're running out guys like uh, Shazimi Metu and I don't even know. I don't even know how you say his name. Quaita, number 88, whatever. They're running out guys oh, yeah, like from that. yeah, Utah State. Yeah, Alex Lynn was their starting center for a while last year. So it's just they needed that dominant big man, so that worked out for them. But on the Pacers, Halbert has been insane. 
consistently putting up 22 and 11 a night. His assist prop is just money most nights. His assist to turnover ratio is the crazier thing, too. He does not commit turnovers. Like, what? yes, yeah. you can average 10, 15 assists, whatever, but if you're averaging six, seven turnovers, uh, it cancels out. But when you're the- averaging 12, 13 assists and you're getting one to zero turnovers a night, it's absolutely absurd. I saw a stat on Twitter. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Over the last three or four games, he has 40, his last three or four games, 40 assists, no turnovers. Yeah, it's that never has, been done. That's ridiculous. Never been done. I mean, for, for the amount of for the amount of time he has the ball in his hands, each possession he has the ball in his hands for the majority of the possession, you know, setting the offense, bringing it up the court, to not turn it over over a span of three games in the NBA, playing 35 minutes a night, that's very impressive. Is he a top 15 untradeable asset in the NBA right now? I think he has to be. The way he's played this year, I mean, if you're looking at younger guys. Is he above he, LaMelo? No. I can't put him that high. Not yet. LaMelo, I legitimately think, is a generational talent. Halliburton can't carry a team. Halliburton can't go out there and put up 35. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's more valuable, but I don't, that's, that's a tough one. Because Lamelo is hurt right now, like who knows what would happen if he was 100 percent healthy right now? It's it's hard to judge. I will say this though, I don't think the Hornets' record is much better than they are right now. The Hornets are currently six and fifteen. I think they're about eight and thirteen, seven seven and fourteen with Lamelo. I don't think I it's that much better. I, and we knew that coming in. The roster is not good enough. But Halliburton comes in, and the Pacers are twelve and eight. He's that kind of a winning player. The way he plays does translate more to winning than the way LaMelo plays. I, I, exactly. I will say that. That's what I'm saying because it's frustrating as a Hornets fan. It's awesome watching LaMelo for three quarters. That fourth yep. quarter, that 27 one-legged fadeaway three-point shot right. isn't as cute as it was in the third quarter. No, that's 100% true. Halliburton does play winning basketball more. Number 19, Alec Nugent. On NC State keeps calling me, and I'm gonna have to block that number here in a second. So uh, let's get that on the record. Um, yeah, I don't know. The Pacers being 12 and eight is honestly shocking. I had them pegged as bottom three in the East, without a doubt. Bottom three in the East, without a doubt. Oh, I know. 12 and eight. They're gonna they're gonna slam their win total. I think so too. They'll slam for 20, early. 24 and a half. I still think they. I think it evens out though. I think they're a playing team. I think they're not. I think they're ten or nine or ten. I'll say nine or ten. Then who's who's getting knocked out? Who are the bottom five in the East? I think bottom it's clear five in the East. It, the Hornets, Magic, and Pistons have made their bed. Yeah, so two more. Knicks. I think Knicks. I think the Knicks stay down there. I do. I think they stay down there. And then Wizards? I think I think it's between the Bulls and the Wizards. And I think mm-hmm. I, I trust the Bulls more. The Bulls have more firepower. Wizards are playing good this year. Porzingis is actually playing pretty well. Kuzma's playing pretty well, but I don't trust them. I think I think the Wizards will be bottom five. So that would put the Pacers in the playing tournament. Moving on, uh, you wanted to talk about the Timberwolves. I did. I did. We were spot on. I was. I was as soon as the trade got made. I I texted you. I was like, "That's not going to work." Sure enough, Carl Anthony Towns is not a power forward in this league. I mean, it, it sounded good on paper, but if you really think about it. On the defensive end, it doesn't make sense. Towns can shoot threes. He can space the floor. doesn't make sense. He got hurt. He's out for multiple weeks. Just announced today, I think four to six weeks is the timeline. I think the Timberwolves, this is a hot take. They're probably going to go on a little run right now. Just having that floor spacing, playing Jaden McDaniels at the four, 
Anthony Edwards at the three even, but putting another shooter at the two, D'Angelo Russell at the one, Gobert at the five, I think it's a pretty good lineup. And obviously, I'm not saying they're overall better without their best player, Carl Anthony Towns. But I think they'd go on no, a little run. No, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hear what you said there. Their best player? I think Towns is their best player. Anthony Edwards is their best player. He's inconsistent. Towns is pretty consistent. Anthony Edwards is the Timberwolves' best player. No, because there's Carl, nice Carl Anthony. Anthony no, Carl Anthony no. Towns is not the Timberwolves' best player. Stop, he gets stop. cooked on a consistent basis. You go out there and put up 25 to 10 per night, and you're an all-star. That classifies as the best player. Anthony Edwards could easily. There's so many nights he goes out there, and he's just non-existent. If he goes four for 14, two for 12, I feel like he's not even there. Who do you want in a playoff series? Towns. No. No, yep. no, 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 no. Maybe no, I'll be you want maybe Anthony I'll feel Edwards. You I can't say Anthony Edwards. Not yes, yet. you can. Did you not watch the yet. playoffs last year? Not yet. Not Did yet. you watch the playoffs last year? I still or want Towns. Or is Rudy Gobert their best player? No, he's not. Nah, he's been this year. If you're not taking – he literally has not taken a shot in a few games this year playing 30-plus minutes a game. You can't be the best player if that's true. Sorry. In a playoff series, I'm taking Anthony Edwards over Carl Anthony Towns. And it's mainly based on one thing. Carl Anthony Towns Soft. breaks down in the playoffs. He is go- he is they are gonna get in his head. Anthony Edwards walks in there, and it can be a bad thing. LaMelo has this too, where he's so confident. And that's what I want out of my best player, because he is the best player on this team. I want someone who's that confident and feels like he is the best player. Doesn't matter if Kevin Durant's on the other side of the court. Doesn't matter if LeBron James is on the other side of the court. When Anthony Edwards walks onto the court, he thinks he's the best player. He is the best player on the Timberwolves. Over a whole series, I still want Cat. If you're giving me one no, game, no. If you're, me, if you're giving me one game, then maybe I'll go Edwards because he has the potential to get hot and you know got that confidence. Whatever. A playoff series at this moment on Tuesday, November 29th, twenty twenty-two. I'm taking Towns or Edwards. Oh, that's a that's we're gonna bring this up. This is that's gonna get fine. This and I might get, eat my words. I might eat my words come June. That's fine. But in November, right now, I want Towns still. Edwards hadn't proven enough. Oh, oh, that's 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 gonna be bad. That we'll might see. be we we like we legitimately might see that on freezing cold takes when Carl Anthony Towns gets traded. I don't think they'll do that. He's there. He's legitimately okay. I don't want to go so, as far as say franchise player. He's an all star, multiple time all star. Anthony Edwards is the franchise player. I'm still I still want Towns in the playoff series. Right, Anthony Edwards is the franchise in Minnesota. That's one thousand percent. They don't even deserve to have a franchise, so. All right, let's move on. I don't want to talk about the Timberwolves anymore. Do you have anything else you want to talk about in the NBA? No, it's been kind of stale lately. I mean, Kyrie's back. Ben Simmons is playing okay now, so, like, the Nets are evening out there at 500. I do think the Lakers will end up figuring it out. Anthony Davis has been very solid lately. He's been balling. LeBron's back. LeBron's back now. Westbrook's playing. It seems like he's accepting his role off the bench. I will say the Westbrook-Dennis Schroeder lineup, I don't know about that. That's what they closed the game with last night. That doesn't make much sense. But I think the Lakers do figure it out, and I think they do get in the playing tournament. Other than that, though, it's been, not much has really changed. We just said it's been evening out. Sixers have been dealing with some injuries. I I was high on them. I thought they'd be the top two, three seed in the East. That's not going to happen. But yeah, I don't think other, Warrior, uh Yeah, the other thing in the NBA, Warriors fans, I don't think the panic button's there anymore. They're, no, they're kidding. Cl- Clay's figuring it out. Clay's figuring it out. Uh, they're getting it together. Uh, the 
and the Nuggets, they're they're on their way back. They're looking good again. They're winning games. They yep. win games without you realizing they're winning games. They're like, oh, the Nuggets won three straight. Like, yep. You they've had a couple. They've had a couple underrated pickups this year too. Bruce Brown's been huge for them. Contavious Caldwell Pope has been huge for them. They've had some underrated pickups. Uh, Zion's having a great year. Yes, for the he Pelicans, is. twenty-two and a half, six and six and a half rebounds, four assists, one steal, half a block a game. Not bad. Is, 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 is Shy Gilgis an uh, all-star starter? Because he is tearing it up. I don't think the Thunder are good enough. He won't get the votes. I just, yeah, that's the thing. I think by February... They probably shut him down by then. He's probably shut down by then. It's got to get to a point where he's saying, no, I can't be shut down anymore. This is, this is like they male practice. They shut him down every year. It's ridiculous. He's averaging 31.1. I feel like this is the most... Like, the most people averaging 30 plus in the league we've ever had before oh there's been an explosion of individual offense this year and we, we it, it happens every year i mean offense is going to keep going up in the nba but yeah it's crazy everybody's averaging 30 and now it's not that big of a deal like there used to be the scoring champ used to average what like 27 26 27 and you were automatically the scoring champ that year there's like 10 guys averaging 30 right now let's see here i mean it'll it'll level out you know People are not going to be dropping 30 a game in December and in, in January on a no. back-to-back on a Tuesday in Utah. You're not. No, that's true. I'm looking at it right here. Uh, there are one, two, there are six players averaging 30 or more points per game. That's absurd. And the thing is, think about four or five years ago. Like I said, if you average 26, 27, you're probably the scoring champ. Okay. Let's put a little dual set here. Carl Anthony Towns is averaging 20.8 points per game. What what ranking on the scorers list do you think he is? 20.8? Yeah. 34th. 30th. Let's go. Look at me. I know my stuff, Carter. Don't try me like that. I know my stuff. 30th. That's ridiculous. It used to be literally average 20 points a game. You're like a bonafide top 15 player in the league, no question. Looking at it right now. Donovan Mitchell's averaging 28.9 points a game. That's scoring champ numbers. And yes, we're only 22, 21 games into the season, but he's seventh on the scoring list at 28.9. Yeah. I'm trying to look to see if there's any surprises. You got De'Aaron Fox averaging 24 and a half points a game. Nefri Simons, 23.2. Tyrese Maxey, 23. Like some of these names are very surprising. Laurie Chris Markin Stapps 20. at 21. Laurie Markin at 22 and a half. Porzingis. Jeremy Grant at 22 almost. Some of these names are insane. Bohan Bogdanovich is averaging over 20 points a game. So is Devin Bissell. So is Kelton Johnson. This is like the offense is just, it's hard to judge based on points a game now. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, not too much going on in the NBA. We'll, we'll do a Hornets minute next week. I want to see some more games. Also, we'll talk about the, the weird like medical stuff that's going on. We'll get into that next week. We don't need to do a Hornets minute. It's not going to be an every episode thing anymore. It's going to be like once a month. It's boring. It's not entertaining anymore. And when you got players' wives calling out the medical staff, it's just not even worth our time. All right, let's uh, let's move into college basketball. All right, let's talk a little college basketball. We had the annual feast week, greatest week in college basketball besides March Madness and conference tournament weeks. Obviously, get a zilling tournaments. It's nonstop college basketball from when you wake up till you go to bed. Uh, and it kind of got lost in the shuffle with NFL, with college mm-hmm. football, with the World Cup, NBA. It was just madness all week. But Sunday was a crazy day. We got to start off with the quadruple overtime game. Alabama beats Carolina 103-101. Uh, 
I'll, I'll just let you go. Well, <laughs> let me clear my throat for this. I was already hurt. Let me just take you on a little journey. It's the day after Thanksgiving, Friday. I was excited. A lot of leftovers to eat, a lot of great food. It was a great day starting off. Had some pumpkin pie with some Cool Whip on it. If you don't like pumpkin pie, you're a psychopath. Um, so it was a great day. Sat down, watched Carolina football. They let me down. Carolina football let me down. They lost to NC State. That was a rough one. They looked horrible. They looked horrible. They could not survive a Drake May bad game. We can talk about that tomorrow. Then I turned on Carolina basketball against Iowa State. I'm like, you know, they can redeem me. I'll double down on Carolina against Iowa State. Sure, why not? Watch that game. L, another L, within 10 minutes of each other. That's what was horrible. The Carolina game goes to double overtime, and within 10 minutes, they lose to Iowa State in basketball as well. So that was rough. That was already bad. So then flash forward to Sunday. I get home. I'm alone. I'm up here in my apartment. I'm pissed off already because of what happened a couple days ago. I flip on Carolina at 3.30. I don't expect to be sitting there three and a half hours later sweating out a quadruple overtime game against Alabama. Alabama's a good team. Alabama's a damn good team. I didn't expect to go quadruple overtime. I just thought Carolina maybe would lose in regulation. No, they had to pull my heartstrings, make me think they were going to win, make me think that a chance, and then Pete Nance is going to go throw the ball in the middle of the court with two seconds left under their own basket, which that's not the reason why they lost. There's so many reasons why they lost. Caleb Love had 36 shots. We can get into that. But the thing is, He's the only one that wanted the ball. Everybody else was pooping themselves over getting the ball. They couldn't even hold the ball then. Caleb Love was the only one who wanted to shoot. And it was horrible shots. Don't get me wrong. Disgusting offense. They did run more offense than what people give them credit for. Like, you're like, oh, let's just run around jacket. I think they tried to run some sets, but it did turn into ISO ball after those sets. Inevitably broke down. But yeah, Caleb Love, 36 shots. Carolina falls by two in quadruple overtime, and they're going to lose four or five in a row. So I'm just bracing myself. It's, it's a rough... It's a rough Thanksgiving weekend for uh, UNC Chapel Hill here. Like Duke lost. Duke got slaughtered against Purdue. Don't care. Didn't even watch. <laughs> Who cares? Like Purdue's actually a great team, and Purdue is Duke's a good coming team. together. Duke's got some injuries. I'm not even worried about Duke. Duke's there's a lot. Of, there's a long season. This is worrisome for Carolina basketball, man. This is like if you're a Carolina fan, you walked in here with such crazy high expectations. I don't think yours was as high as most Carolina fans. Yeah, it, I, I think it wasn't. I think having some Duke fans in your ear helped you realize, like, hey, okay, we can't get this crazy. We're gonna be a little bit like UCLA after yeah. their miraculous run. But the big problem with this Carolina team is they ever, last in last year's tournament. You guys just continually made tough shots. I mean, unreal yeah. shots. Contested three after contested got three hot, after contested the right three, hitting the these right free throw line floaters every game. RJ Davis hit two to three free throw line floaters. Yep. Though eventually you're not gonna hit those tough shots. It's gonna yep. come back down to earth. And that's what we're seeing this year. They're, you're not going to hit those tough shots in a boring game on a consolation in Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Portland, Oregon on a Sunday afternoon. Like there's like 400, really pe- like 400 people there. If that. Yeah. And then you're not going to care about that. Also, it's tough to make those tough shots all the time. And yep. there's no, and you mentioned like Caroline tried to run stuff. Did they? Did they? I mean, they they tried to run some stale. Sense. When they got that, when when Alabama put that full court pressure on, though, the offense broke down pretty quickly, and it turned into a lot of jack of three and iso ball here and random ball screen here and there. The thing with Carolina is there's been a little voice in my head preseason before the year even started that was like, 
did Carolina just get hot at the right time? Are they really that good consistently, or did they just get hot at the right time and start hitting shots? Because I think it's a little bit of both. And now this year, I I mean, we talked about it from the beginning. Now they have expectations. They're getting every team's best shot. I just don't know if they can handle that. Because last year, they were the underdogs. They had nothing to lose. They were playing with literally no pressure. No pressure whatsoever. They weren't even supposed to be in the tournament. And I think that played very much to their advantage. So this year, coming in at preseason number one, squeaking by the first few cupcake or supposed to be cupcake games, they're getting everybody's best shot. And I don't think they were ready for that. Even even though everybody knew they're going to be preseason number one, they I still don't think they're ready for it. It's a different world. It's a, I mean it's it's the epitome of NC State sports when it comes down to it. Be, I know we're talking about Carolina, but it's NC State. The second NC State's always comfortable being in the underdog spot. The right. second it's like, all right, NC State, you're going to be in the college football playoff. You need to win Ugh. ten games. It crumbles. And yes, they had injuries. It's a different story. But like at the end of the day, they Same crumbled story. and they still stunk. Carolina, the real like worrying thing about Carolina is the second they had to play a, a real a real school, a power five school, no matter how good or bad they are, they were bad. They were really yep. bad. Like they squeaked out the Portland game. Portland's game good, made. by the way. Portland's a good team. Portland's not bad, but Gardner Webb isn't good. No, winning by no. six against Gardner Webb is not okay. Oh no, Wellington was closer. College of Charleston ended as a 16-point game. That was a heck of a lot closer than 16 points. Mm-hmm. Iowa State, yeah, Caleb Grill got hot. But like people like uh, Carolina fans on Twitter, like BDOT, keep going on and on about, oh, we're just getting unlucky against someone's getting having their career night against us. That's what it means to be the number one team in college basketball. Duke deals with it no matter what, every single year too. And just because you're a big brand name in college basketball, you're mm-hmm. going to get people's best shots. That's what it is. You have to deal with that. That's the pressure that comes with it. And that's why Carolina is not the best team in college basketball. Not even remotely close, honestly. Um, I, I think they're, I think they're fringe top twenty team in the country right now. I think they're top fifteen. I can't disagree with that. And also, the other thing is where that it really doesn't matter right now. No, it doesn't. It's it's very early, and so that's why I'm not I'm not insanely worried. I think some of these problems will work themselves out, but there's a little bit of a panic button where it's like, okay, you should have figured it out by now. Like this, these next couple of weeks are going to tell a lot. Game against Indiana tomorrow night, coming off what two days rest after playing quadruple overtime game on the West Coast. That's going to be rough. I mean, some of those guys. Let me just read you some of these minutes. Leaky Black, fifty-four minutes. Kale Bluff, fifty-eight. R.J. Davis, fifty. Leaky Black sprained his ankle. Puff Johnson played forty-eight minutes. That's more than he's played all season combined. These guys are going to be gassed. These guys are going to be gassed. It was a physical game. Alabama has three guys over six to nine in their starting lineup. Like they're a good team. I think Indiana might come out and put some points up tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon. So Carolina game that night. Uh, Indiana is a six and a half point favorite at home. I I mean, I like Indiana. I I like Indiana a lot. If you're going to take anything, I like their team total on that one. Carolina's defense is going to be very shaky in that one. They're going to, there's no legs. They're going to have no legs. I don't even honestly, I'll have to take a look at what the total is. I think you told me earlier. I don't hate the under. Carolina relies a lot on those bailout jumpers. Armando Baycott, I still think he didn't play the best. I think something's a little wrong with his ankle. I think they're keeping it a little quiet. I'm not really sure. He just looks a little off. He's not moving as well as he did last year during the tournament run. You know, he, he hurt in the national championship. It's been seven months, but still he doesn't look as smooth. 
I think they're going to struggle to score points because they rely a lot on those outside shots and those floaters. And with no legs coming off no rest, those aren't going to fall. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about too with Carolina is everyone's like, oh, we need Brady Manic back, Brady Manic this, Brady Manic that. Yes, Brady Manic was huge when he played. Pete Nance is not playing that much worse than Brady Manic was in the regular season. Pete Nance is playing, I think, above expectations, in my opinion. And it's not even that. It's just you guys are taking tough shots. You guys are, it's a lot of stale. Dri- when Caleb Love is dribbling the ball for 20 seconds, you're not, that's not going to be a high percentage shot, no matter what. No. And the thing with Pete Nance is Pete Nance didn't come to Carolina to be the second league scorer like he has been this year so far. He didn't come to Carolina to drop 25 a game. He's had to do that a few games this year already. Some of the other guys got to figure it out. Pete Nance is a damn good defender. He's playing better than what people thought. But like you said, Brady Manick didn't really get consistent starting minutes until Dawson, Dawson Garcia transferred. And that was in, what, January, February? He really didn't come on until then. So. Yeah. You know, you can say Carolina misses Brady Manic, sure, whatever. I think they'll figure it out. Even Bill Walton, though, we can get on this topic now. He talked about Carolina at the end. He was like, well, I want to see R.J. Davis and Caleb Love with the ball, but I don't want them dribbling for 25 seconds of the shot clock. Probably the only confident thing he said the whole time. Wrong, 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 wrong. I don't know why. This is why Carolina fans like to smell their own farts. Because oh, Bill Walton is a national treasure. Bill Walton is amazing. I want Bill Walton commentating the third place game in a, co- a consolation game in a Thanksgiving college basketball tournament when there's 400 fans there. He's the one keeping me engaged. Do I want Bill Walton on the Duke Carolina game? No, I don't. But I also don't want Jay Billis. I want someone who's going to be exciting. I want Dickie V, but that's a different story. Bill Walton is amazing. And every Carolina fan can't get over themselves because they have too much. I don't know what it is about Carolina fans, but they, they can't just like laugh at themselves almost. You know, I'm just, I'm about to go chow down with some wine and cheese after this. So that probably, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you can't appreciate the great things in life. Like Bill Walton. I don't know who I like. I don't know who I dislike listening to more Hubie Brown or Bill Walton. Cause it's pretty, it's oh. pretty close. Oh, it's Hubie pretty close. Brown. I like Hubie Brown. What is wrong with you? Do you enjoy just like watching cat nails on like a chalkboard? Because I can't stand either of them. And if you like Bill Walton commentating a game that you're seriously watching, here's, here's what I will give him. If I was watching a game that I didn't really have any stake in, like if it wasn't a Carolina game and not a tournament game. So like in your shoes right now, for example, I guess I would be okay with it. It would keep me engaged. But call him calling a game of your favorite team, is horrible. And if you think otherwise, I just don't know what to tell you. He, I don't want to hear Larry Bird hand sizes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's college stories, and David Thompson dunk stories with 30 seconds left in the tie ball game. I'm sorry. I don't like that. Not when I'm heavily invested into the game. I muted it. There was stretches. I muted the game. Two things. One, you deserve it because you're in a third place game. So I don't want to hear it. You, you guys go play in the championship game. You don't get that. I mean, that's fair. And the other thing in general, in general, him calling a game for your favorite team. is a November college basketball game. It's awesome. It's a top 20 matchup. If Carolina's up 30 against somebody, which I don't think they will be this year at all, then that's fine. Go on your little rants. They're playing a cupcake school. Fine. Top 20 matchup. I know it's a third place game. I could not stand it. And I... Since it happened last year when they played in the Asheville thing, like he started. Going oh, this but okay, game. okay. Let's oh, say if Carolina God. wins this, win, is up by like seven in that game comfortably. It's not really a stressful game. You're not going to be sitting here complaining about Bill Walton at all. I think I am. I think I still am. The thing. Every thing Carolina fans. Ha- every Carolina fans hate him, and he was complimenting Carolina. 
yeah, he loved Carolina. He was clearly rooting for Carolina. And that's how you know I'm not biased because I still, I don't care. He could be openly rooting for Carolina. I don't care. It's just, I just, I don't turn on a basketball game to listen to random stories. If I wanted to do that, I would read his book. Oh, it was, he put on a show in that Alabama Carolina game. It was, I had the TV on 45. Did you see? I don't know if you're watching at this point. They're talking about the donuts. And he was like, man, I just love the hole in this donut. <laughs> He's like, the hole is really yeah. what makes it good. Yeah, no, that's that awesome. That's funny. what I want. I now, that was that kind part. of funny. That was kind of funny. The Larry Bird hand size was hilarious. The other part that was hilarious was Leaky Black takes the game-winning three, and you just hear him go, no chance. No, it was Caleb Love. It was Caleb Love off side of the oh, rim. And then, no, Leaky Black made a three, and he's like, well, I thought that had no chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does call it like he sees it. I will say, one of the moments he had that I was just shocked, he legitimately, he wasn't joking, legitimately thought Jay Billis was Jake Billis. J-A-K-E, legitimately. That was not a joke. What's wrong? What's wrong with that? I just think that's hilarious to be a college basketball uh, commentator and not know Jay Billis's real name. I mean, he, ah, but it's Bill Walton. He deserves to be able to do that. I think NBA champ, wrong. NBA Hall of Famer. Is there what? some? Is there something going on up here? What, what are you trying to imply here? Are you trying to with talk him. About, bad about with, my guy with, Bill Walton? I, I don't know. Some uh, just some of the tangents he goes on. That, this is the epitome of a Carolina fan. They can't enjoy the, the great things of life because they're they're just too busy in their own world. Selfish I've behavior. Got, I've got my wine and cheese. I just want to I just want to watch Jay Billis yep. and Dave Pash. And that's it. Oh, that's boring. That's so boring. <laughs> that's so boring. Like, why do you want boring? I just want to see Jay Billis just completely ejaculate Carolina during the USC Duke game. Like, why would you not want someone who's gonna make the game more exciting? I want someone who's going to be passionate. That's why Eric Collins is the best. That's why there's a difference. Soccer- there's a difference. There's a difference. Bill Walton's not passionate. He doesn't know what he's talking about half the time. That's different. Okay, I get that. And but he does make it more entertaining. I guess. See, I would feel differently if it wasn't a Carolina game, but just him commentating. And Carolina that's what I'm saying. Only. Get over yourself, because every other person in the world isn't watching this. Isn't like anybody who's a neutral. It's great. That's fine. You, you can have that. I'm not going to budge on that. And him and Hubie I, Brown, I've got them in the same category. Hubie Brown, I'm not as big a Hubie Brown guy as I am Bill Walton, but Hubie Brown's fine to me. There are much worse NBA commentators to me. Doris? Um, I'll say it. I'll I say mean, it. I'm, not, I'm not the biggest Doris fan, but like, eh, I, I'm, just not a big, I'm just not a big Mark Jackson fan. With all due respect. Uh, but uh, the worst thing on earth is players only on TNT. I think they got rid of that. Oh, good. Yeah, that was. I mean, we could do that. We could sit back in our chairs and watch a stream of basketball and say ten words. Players, the players only streams were awful. But we talked too much about Carolina. Bill one. Let's talk about Duke real quick. Duke had a bad loss, twenty-one point loss or nineteen point loss, whatever it was. I can't do math against Purdue. Uh, I mean, they just got outplayed. That's what it was. I mean, they didn't have an answer for Edie. Lively looked weak against them. Yep. I mean, he's seven four. What are you gonna do? Um, Duke just missed open shots. That's really what it came down to. Duke's got to hit open shots. I'm not really worried about this Duke team. I mean, I think Roach will be fine. I think he's forcing a little too much. Uh, Dariq Whitehead just needs to calm down, just needs to get his own rhythm. I think once we get these cupcake schools, you know, after, you know, after Indiana, after Iowa, we need to, we need to play a couple more cupcakes to get him, uh, get him more relaxed and more, you know, just, just get him back in rhythm, the game of basketball, come back from injury. Uh, Ryan Young on Duke. 
just it's it's gross. It it sucks having him come in. Like it's it's a funny joke for me, but eventually those jokes get old. I guess you could say right. that about Bill Walton watching a game, but it doesn't get old. It's amazing because it's different every time. Uh, it's the same thing with Ryan Young every single time. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not worried about this Duke team. It's a it's I think it's fairly similar. It's a different build than what Carolina was last year. I think they're going to have the same kind of trajectory that Carolina had last year. Carolina struggled in November last year and December. Right. Had to figure out their identity. Had to figure out their new system that they're running. They got blown out by Purdue. They got yeah. blown out by Purdue. And got to figure out their system with a new head coach. It's going to be different, and it's going to take time. That's what it is. The, Jeremy Roach is the only player that played real minutes that's playing this year. I was going to ask you, um, I saw in the Purdue game, and I know he's come back from injury. When does Derek Whitehead get into that starting lineup? Because I see he only played 16 minutes. or um, He's just not he ready. 16 minutes. He was two for seven. Does he get in that lineup? Does he make, does he make a bigger contribution this year? And when is that? Hmm. I would I would say by like real conference play like we have this weird conference game Saturday, um, yeah. like and Christmas time I think he's probably in the lineup. I think he's Got gonna you. come in against Iowa and Madison Square Garden, and that's when he has his big game. It feels every Duke freshman whenever we play in the Garden, one of them has their like breakout game that really mm-hmm. gets them going for the season. I think that's when it happens. Uh, Lively's been kind of disappointing, but these guys have come back from injury. Whitehead's had one real practice. It's not even, right. it wasn't even that much of a real practice. Lively hasn't had much real practice. It, it's tough. I mean, you're coming into a brand new system. College basketball is tough when you're, when like when you're at these Montverde's and IMGs, you're not playing against tough talent. And the way they're the not. high school game works, if you're more athletic, you're just going to dominate. You don't actually have to Completely think different. about what you're doing. Right. And one more thing I want to ask you is, how do you feel about the depth of this Duke team? Because on the Carolina team, I thought there's going to be depth. And clearly, at least right now, as we sit here at the end of November, there's not. It's almost the same story as last year. They have like six and a half rotational players that I trust. How do you feel about Duke's depth? I like Duke's depth a lot, actually. I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, Especially, I mean, the bigs are deep. You got Lively, Filipowski, who's been fantastic. He's been great. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Young, he's a good backup center in college basketball. Right. Can't complain. Carolina Carolina didn't even have a backup center, so you luxury. Exactly. And I think I secretly think Carolina's not their best lineup, but when you want to like really if you're down big in a game and you need to come back, I think Baycott's got to go to the bench and you got to play Pete Nance at the five, spread the floor, small ball, and run and gun. That's how Carolina should if you're play. pressing and trying to get back in a game, I don't hate that at all. I think that's I think that's Carolina's most dangerous lineup. Crazy as that is to say. But if you want to be consistent and steady, I think Baycott's the answer there. Anyhow, back to Duke. Uh I like their depth. I mean, Jalen Blakes yep. has been good, solid defender, but like, I the older you get, the more you realize, like, wow, like November, December college basketball games are so irrelevant they in the are. grand scheme of things. Because Purdue's not going to make, I mean, we say this every year. And with Jaden Ivey, we thought they were going to, I had them as my pick to win the title when, with mm-hmm. Jaden Ivey and them. I just don't know if I see it again this year. Like, it seems like the same thing with Purdue. Like, they're reg- regular season Warriors. And then they go to not Warriors and Golden State Warriors, just like a figure speech. Regular season, you know, champs, whatever. That's fine. But like, are they really going to make that deep of a run in March? I, I, I mean, I guess maybe you they prove will. It. I mean, I just don't know if Zach Eady, like, I know uh, Travion Williams is gone. So like, Zach Eady's going to be playing 30, 35 minutes a game. Is that really, is he, can he really carry them? I just don't. I don't know. I just don't know. And they have other Bra- good players. Braden or Brandon Braden Smith, their point guard. He's fantastic. Number three. He is a he is a baller, man. He's legit. But 
Yeah, I mean, back to Duke real quick. I'm not too concerned. Uh, as, as long as they finish top four in the ACC, they're fine. I, I think that's a fine season. Get some big wins. Uh, you got to win a Carolina game, and you got to win a Virginia game. That's what it comes down to. They're going to get upset by NC State, no doubt about it. You're going to lose the – it's kind of the same formula. It's just what happens in March. Um, we'll see if it comes together. And the other team I wanted to bring up was Gonzaga. Gonzaga stinks. Like, we met, we talked about it a little before we started. Gonzaga does have a tough schedule. They, they played Michigan State, Texas, Kentucky, Purdue. But they are terrible. They haven't been, like, remotely close in these games. And, yes, you know, they beat it, Kentucky, but Kentucky's a bad team anyways. They were tied 32-32 with Bellarmine with 12 minutes left. They've had their bad, their fair share of bad losses. It's amazing what happens when Mark Few doesn't schedule the St. Mary's School of the Blind and Deaf as their non-conference games. Seriously, Gonzaga's known for beating up on bad teams. They've had a tough schedule. I will give it to them. They scheduled themselves tough. They've already played a game against 23 Michigan State, second-ranked Texas, 19 Kentucky, five Purdue, and they have number six Baylor coming up in their next one. That's a tough non-conference schedule, which we could see help them in March because usually it's the other way around. Usually it's, oh, Gonzaga hasn't played that many close games. There hasn't been that many good teams they've played, and you know sometimes we think it hurts them. Maybe this will help them, even though they've dropped a few of them, or they could just be worse, which is also probably the case. I just think they're worse. I think so, too. I mean, I think so, too. Last year, there was so much hype around Chet Holmgren. And Drew Timmy's back for another year. Feels like his seventh year in college basketball, but there's just not a lot of hype around them this year. Timmy's been okay. These yeah, he's guys been okay. that like we've been we've talked about these guys who were like it was such big deals that they were you know borderline they were borderline maybe first round picks if they're lucky. Definitely yep. second round, late second round picks like Armando Baycott, Drew Timmy, Oscar Shuibue. I never pronounce it right. Hunter Dickinson kind of thing. All none of these guys have improved. They've all kind of either stayed the same or regressed a little bit, to be honest. And yep. the, the issue with Gonzaga, their guard play stinks. Their guard play is not good. Like Strother, yeah, he can shoot the ball sometimes. He's inconsistent. You need a strong point guard. And that's that's well, why the, the years they've been really good. Jalen Suggs, Andrew Nimhard recently. Like those, those are the years they've been really good with strong guard play. And that's why I won't count Carolina out. That's why I won't count Duke out. They have strong point guards. They have really, really good point guards that have proven they can do it in March. That's why you can never count out a team with good coaching, good point guards. But if you don't have the point guard, you're not going to do it in March. You're just not. Does it make you smile a little bit that Gonzaga's struggling early? A lot. It does. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not a Mark Few fan at all. I, I, I'm really not. And I know people say, oh, you're a Duke fan, Coach K lover. I'm not even a big Coach K guy either. But Gonzaga kind of I, – I, I respect that they're going for it. They're playing these tough games. I wish Duke and Carolina would play even more tough games, get rid of these cupcakes, go after it, go play the Texas, go play the Kentuckys, go play the Purdue's all, nonstop. And they do it in these MTEs, but they kind of avoid it here and there. Both well, for of Carolina, Carolina these Duke cu- well, Carolina, these cupcake games, I mean, they're kind of tough. So let's not get too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> let's not get too ahead of ourselves this year. You know, every every game is going to be a game this year. God, one and six against the spread. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how this affects them in a few months. I mean, it could help them. could help them grow. I haven't watched enough. Is it Gonzaga or Gonzaga? Depends what you're feeling. It's like data data. Okay. Well, I haven't watched enough of them this year to really make it too strong of an opinion. I do know they're going to they're gonna struggle. We just mentioned it with this Portland team. Portland's good. Portland's a really well-coached team. They are good. Yeah, they're a really well-coached team, but 
Carolina should not be struggling with Portland University. No, no, I agree. One hundred percent, I agree. One hundred percent, I agree. There, there is besides Gonzaga, maybe St. Mary's, and not BYU this year. There's not a WCC team you should be struggling with. No, but I, I agree. Uh, Gonzaga, though, uh, we we were dead on about it, but Virginia's legit. Virginia's good. They're yep. going to be a strong regular season team. They're going to lose three, maybe four games max. Uh, they'll lose. They'll drop one like random game on a Tuesday night in the ACC. That'll like make you think, oh, maybe we can do the regular season title. You won't. Virginia is winning the regular season title, but I don't feel strong about this Virginia team making a deep run in the tournament because I don't, I don't believe in. I don't believe in Kihei Clark that much. I don't. You know, you talk about strong guard play. He's an above average point guard in the NCAA. He's an above average point guard. I don't think he's going to be the point guard to win a championship. I don't think he's got that in him. No, and the way Virginia plays, you still have to have dudes. And you did. when they won it, they had Ty Jerome. They had Kyle Guy. They had real dudes on their team. T.A. Clark isn't that. No, I agree. And the thing is, like you said, Virginia's going to run through the ACC. This is one of those years. They're going to have a great year. Um, I just don't see it. I don't see it translating all the way to March. I mean, I think they win a couple games, but I think they're another one of those teams. It's like, okay, they're a dominant regular season team, but you still don't feel that confident in them going into the tournament. Um, Kentucky, they're overrated once again. I just ugh. we need to have we need to have some conversations about Kalapari. Fraud. I don't know if fraud's the right word, but the last few years, dude, they've they have not been the Kentucky that we're used to. And so so maybe maybe the tides are shifting for like, you know, more permanent. Maybe they're just not that good anymore. Uh, we've done a lot on college basketball this episode. We'll wrap it up here in a second. I did want to mention one real quick thing about the ACC. Uh, the bottom half of the ACC is bad. It's embarrassing. The ACC is embarrassing. Louisville, trash. Syracuse, trash. The bottom is so bad. Florida Man, State, horrendous. Horrendous. They're losing these games. We mentioned it in the last podcast, and it's continued. They're losing these games to these should-be cupcake schools, and they're just, getting, they're just losing by double digits sometimes. It's it's honestly bad to watch. It's bad for the ACC. Okay, real quick on the spot, give me your top four in the ACC. What's the order? Top four when it closes. Off the top of my head, I think Virginia's number one. I think Duke pulls it together too. Carolina three, Miami four. I am very tempted to put this NC State team don't up, I knew uh, you in the top say four. That. I, I love this NC that. State team. They're good. And don't. I'm sorry, Connor. You have to admit it. This NC State team is not bad. I think they are a real tournament team. Their Quavion Smith is pretty good. They're a good team. Jarkel Joyner's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll be Kevin top Keats five. Kevin Keats is six. finally putting together. Kevin Keats is finally having a little bit of luck. I'm not a Kevin Keats guy. I'm he should have been of, already gone. He should I know you're listening. Everyone's listening to this podcast. Like, is this guy, does he like any coach? Yes, I like a lot of coaches in college basketball. Mark <laughs> Madsen, number one fan. But Kevin Keats, he's had a he's had a, a lot of unlucky injuries. Manny Bates, they didn't have a center last year. They didn't. And then transfers, guys going to the G League instead of coming to stay. I, that, you, that can be classified as his fault. But he's putting it together this year. This team's good. This team's pretty freaking solid. They're going to upset Duke and Carolina. Uh, I think they could easily get a win against each of those teams. You think they're a tournament team for sure? I think they're a tournament team. I think 
They're very similar to what we saw Wake last year. They just can't blow it against Boston College on Wednesday, the ACC tournament. Yeah, and that's what I'll be interested to see is against those lower-tier conference teams, you know, can they beat Louisville? Can they put Louisville away? Can they put away a Florida State? Can they put away a Syracuse in games they should win? Because those are going to matter. They can definitely upset a Carolina, a Duke. They could even play Virginia pretty tightly. It's just those bottom tier games. They got to win those in order to secure their spot in the top. Uh, and then I want to talk about two last things really quick on the spot, rapid fire. Uh, give me a national championship matchup. What, what if you had to guess? What's the national championship? What is? What do you think it is? Do you already have one in mind? I love this Texas team. Really? This Texas, I- this Texas team is a hundred percent legit. They're going to be in the final four in March. Houston, I'm a little scared of because when a team hasn't done it or a coach hasn't really done it, that kind of scares me. Uh, They're super athletic. They're freaky athletic. They play swarming defense. The shooting is where I get concerned with Houston. I don't think they can shoot the ball well enough because the team's going to get hot against them, and you got to be able to shoot the ball in March, make tough shots like we saw with with Carolina and Duke last year. Houston scares me a little bit. Virginia, for the reasons I've mentioned before. Yeah, I don't like um, Virginia. Not, Marcus not Carr is really good at Texas. And Chris Beard's a freaking good coach, man. He's top three coach in college basketball right now. Uh I I would be I would I would kind of be shocked if Texas was not a final four team. And you, you might have just convinced me. I can see Texas in there. And as much as I had talked about it earlier, I could see Purdue making a run. As much as I like was questioning them, I could see it. I could see it this year. It's one of those weird years. They're ranked fifth right now. They're 6-0. I could see them making a run. The home room, he wants to say Carolina. I really don't think I see Carolina winning more than two tournament games at this point in time right now. Duke, I just don't know if they have it in to be a Final Four team this year. I mean, they could prove me wrong. Texas looks great. Purdue looks great. Houston, yeah, I'm not too sold. If I had to choose, if I had to choose, I guess right now I'm going Texas-Purdue. I can't say no to that, even though I'm not a big Purdue guy. But um, And then anything else you want to talk about in college basketball? I just have one last thing real quick. No, go ahead. Okay, BYU-Utah Valley next week. I'll be there. Oh, okay, My yeah. first Utah Valley game of the year. I can't wait. I can't wait. So you have a, we have a dilemma here because, yes, I'm a BYU fan. I, I do root for my sweet, sweet coods. Uh, they are my school. Uh, but, but I'm a company man. I'm a family man. Mark, you are. UVU has been so good to this podcast, so great to us. I will be going to the Utah Valley BYU game at the Marriott Center, polling for the Utah Valley Wolverines, ensuring Mark Madsen gets a win over BYU. This is huge. This is breaking news. This is breaking news right now. Shout out Mark Madsen. He's got us some of our most viewed clips so far on this show. Yeah, and it's not even because of that. Great guy. They, great guy. I just think UVU is better than BYU. As crazy as it is to say, BYU very, very rough feast week for them. Great comeback win against Dayton, but so much. So, so what I'm hearing is you think UVU is better. So now all of a sudden you're going to go pull for them? No, 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 no. What does that sound like? Yeah. UVU's record that on paper, BYU's better, but my basketball eyes can tell UVU's winning this ball game. UVU's going to be up for the fight more. Uh, Sharp. Very, very excited. It's next Wednesday. Follow on Twitter at Carter BA. I'll be tweeting live videos there. I'm going down to Provo. The whole shebang. I'll be down there. Uh, I'm I'm so excited for this one. It's going to be a great game. Final score prediction: Utah Valley seventy six, BYU seventy one. Book it. You heard it here.
Utah Valley 76, BYU 71. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's, a, it's always a super fun game to go to. Sneaky, sneaky, fun rivalry game. Um, but we've done enough here. I, we talked a ton of college basketball. We haven't done we this have. college basketball in a long time. We'll have Bo Estes on next week. We're going to get some new guests coming on very soon in the works right now. Uh, we need, we're going to get interviews back. Football season's kind of coming to a close. We're, it's, it's eventually going to become an NFL show. We'll see you later, college football. And I'm not mad. Sorry. Sorry. Not sorry for anybody who loves college football. I'm mad at it right now. So we'll see you later. Uh, I actually did well in college football this weekend. Oregon state. Big, big win for me. Big, big win. Congratulations. Come back. Carolina folded the parlay. Folded. Uh, Folded my hopes and dreams. They're limping in the AC championship. I don't know who's worse right now, Carolina or Clemson. I can't even pick. Clemson's winning that game. Well, Clemson's winning that game. They've got too much talent. Carolina's dead. We can talk about it tomorrow. You're probably right. Drake Drake may against a real defense. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it tomorrow. But schedule going forward on the pod. We're going to have a World Cup pod coming up soon during the knockout stages. We'll try and get that out next week. We might be doing a three-potter next week. Uh, try and get Luke Gray on for that one. Uh, we're going to do basketball, World Cup, football. Get it all going here. Football pod's going to slow down a little bit. It's gonna. It's not going to be as long anymore. We're going to be mainly just talking NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we'll have college football playoff, but... We'll do a big bowl episode to get those out of the way so we don't have to consistently talk about the bowl games, about the Gasparilla Bowl and the famous Idaho's Potatoes Bowl. Oh, I'm talking about the Duke's Mayo Bowl, Carter. You can't can't stop me from the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Mm, Duke's Mayo guy. Uh, I wish the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl was still around or the Mighty Car Care Bowl. Uh, But, yeah, we'll get get into that. We'll get this – we're going to – we'll do a bowl show. We'll do just a full bowl show to get all those out of the way. Um, but yeah, we're going to get guests back on basketball is going to be hitting hot and heavy come January. We'll still be doing football for the playoffs. Uh, just won't be as long as episodes. We're going to be putting out more stuff. Make sure to check out cartercast.com blogs, picks, clips, you name it. It's on there. TikTok at cartercast, Instagram at cartercast. And also I said it in the intro, but don't forget follow at trotty boy 13 on Twitch. That's right. Just hosted a great this twi- weekend. Great Twitch tournament on MLB. The show is very entertaining. He commentated the whole thing. Shout out Tanner for commentating ten hours of uh, MLB. The show that was impressive. Great tournament. Give him a follow. Give him a follow. We'll put the Twitch link in the bio. Go watch if you like watching MLB. The show or any other video games. Go follow. Doesn't hurt. And if you have a free Twitch Prime sub, go go sub. Go sub. It great partnership. Much. Great partnership right there. Carter Cast Trotty Boy Thirteen stream. It doesn't take much. Sign up with your Amazon account. It's linked to everything. You're already on there. Just hit. Bing sub right there. Helps him out, helps us out, helps everyone out. Thank you again for listening. We really appreciate you guys. And we will see y'all next time. Bye.